tonight I want to share, and it's really, uh, there's one verse that I've shared many times and, uh, because it's just so foundational to who we are. But if, as Christians, who we are as Christians, but if we can get a hold of these principles, it will affect every part of our life in every way. And, um, you know, and so uh, we're just going to start here and then we're going to actually get to the text that I really had in my heart to share with you tonight. But here in Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 23, it says that we're to guard our heart above all else. Other translations say this is to guard your heart with all diligence, with all of your attention, with all of your uh, focus to guard or to protect your heart. And I've shared many times uh, what that word there, guard, means. Is It actually means like uh, someone, like a police officer standing and guarding a, um, like a safe. You know, like you go into a, we don't have it here in America, but you go in other countries and you'll have guys with AK-47 standing beside the lockboxes. You know, here we don't have that so much. But there, and that's really the, the picture of what that word there means. It says to guard your heart. In other words, be alert. Don't be asleep at the wheel. Pay attention. Make sure that you're not allowing things to come into your heart. It's not just into your life, but don't let it come into your heart. Don't let things penetrate deep into who you are. And here's why it matters. The second part of the verse says that it, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, I, I say it this way. If you want to know which direction you're headed, just look at the abundance of your heart. You're like, well, how do I know that? Look at the abundance of your words. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, you're going to talk. And so you're like, well, how do I know if I'm really in faith about something? Look at your words. You know, how do you know if you're really believing God and trusting God? Look at your words. You know, and obviously, you know, there's things that I won't get this exactly right. Um, but I'll get pretty close. There's, there's a saying and a, a quote. And I don't know where it came from, but it's good. And it says that we need to watch our thoughts because our thoughts become words. Watch your words because your words become actions. Watch your actions because your actions become your habits. Watch your habits because that becomes your character. And watch your character because that becomes your destiny. You know, and so it all starts way back with a thought which became a word. Well, that's all about the heart. You know, and it really has to do with what God wants to do with us. And, and, you know, other translations say, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of the direction, the course of your life. The direction of your life is completely dependent upon, really, the soil of your heart. That's how, I, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of like if you took some seeds and you threw them on, just threw them out on the ground and said, well, I'm going to get some harvest. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Depends on if the soil is ready for that seed. You know, and, and even when it's talking, even when we're talking about receiving the word of God, it's totally dependent upon our heart and the, really the, the condition of our heart. Uh, you know, Jesus taught the parable of the sowers and he talked about four different types of soil, although the seed was all the same. The seed that Jesus, it wasn't four different, it's, we don't call it, you know, yes, it was a sower, but the sower sowed the word of God. And it was that he sowed the same seed on all four, but yet there were four different soils. There were, so let me say it this way. There were four different conditions of heart that the word of God was sown into. And the condition of the heart determined the harvest of the word of God. You know, and Jesus even talked. He said, hey, there's some that brought about even 30, 60, even 100 fold return over the word that had been sown. But there was also people who, you know, that had different conditions. Some people, just because they were too focused on life, the word of God, you know, and the problems of life, the things that rose up, they got distracted. And, then, and really the seed of the word of God was stolen from them, you know. And then there were other people that were just hardened. And so the, 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 when the seed got there, there was no way for the seed to grab uh, roots into that ground. 
Why? Because the heart was just hard. You know, and then some that the enemy would just come and steal right away. You know, right now you're in a place to receive the word of God. But how many of you also realize that the devil would love nothing more than to get you distracted in this moment so that he could steal the word that God wants to deposit into your heart tonight? Why? Because if the enemy can get the seed, he doesn't have to worry about the harvest. You know, it's amazing to me, you know, that when I set time aside to pray and I get away, it's amazing to me how many things that I remember that I had forgotten. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, man, I couldn't have thought of all these things for anything in the world. But I say, I'm going to start praying. And I start praying. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's like everything I've forgotten for the last week. You know, and what is it? That's the enemy trying to get us distracted and get us off course. And so, you know, here, and, and, and I share this verse because it, it ties in very much with really what I want to share with you uh, tonight. And so my title is this, is that uh, is guarded by peace. The Bible says that we are to guard our heart, but there's also the question of, okay, I guard my heart, but how? How do I guard my heart? And, uh, you know, because here it's pretty specific. Okay, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because that's the direction of my life. Okay. That all sounds great and good, but how do I do that practically? And I really want to take a few moments here and uh, walk through uh, several verses, actually one specific verse. We're going to read it in context, but you can go ahead and turn over with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to really kind of park on verse 7, but I'm going to read it in context just because there's a lot of wisdom surrounding verse 7 as well. So remember, we're talking about guarding our heart. And the first thing he says is, don't worry. First two words. If you're going to guard your heart, don't worry. Don't be anxious. You know, another translation says, don't take any anxious thought. You know, uh, I've heard this uh, saying many times is that you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep him from building a nest. How many of you understand what I'm saying about it? We can't always stop thoughts from coming. Anxious thoughts will come, but yet here it says, don't worry about anything, but don't take that anxious thought. Don't grab hold of it and connect to it and let it rest on you. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. So tell God what you need and then thank you. God, I thank you. You've been faithful to me before. You're going to be faithful to me again. God, I've prayed and I've sought you before. And I thank you that it doesn't matter how I feel in this moment. My emotions, maybe my feelings, my thoughts may be telling me one thing. But I thank you that your word is true. And so I thank you that you're working on my behalf. And as it says here is that even when we would pray... Um, what I would call faith-filled prayers. We don't want to pray fear-filled prayers. We don't want to pray anxious prayers. We want to pray prayers of faith. Well, how do you pray a prayer full of faith? You pray the Word of God. Don't pray your circumstances. Pray God's Word. And so he goes on here and he says, once we've done that in verse 7, he says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. Other translations would say that you could have the peace that passes all understanding. And it says that God's peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. So if you want to know if you should kind of consider a thought, does it, does it fall in line with those criteria right there? And then he goes on and he says, Think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
In verse 9, he gives us some instructions and he says, Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me. It's not enough to just hear a principle or grab hold of something or even to get revelation one time and then just think, well, that's just going to work in my life from here on out. No, I have to continue to walk in the light of Scripture. I have to continue to do, uh, you know, what God has shown me to, you know, in a sense, you know, to kind of give a practice. It'd be like if I tithed one time and just said, okay, I never have to again. Well, how many of you know there's continued obedience and, 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 and wisdom that has to be continued for what? For me to continue to receive that blessing. Well, the same thing is true in the area of peace. Just because I've got peace at one time doesn't automatically mean that I'm going to have peace all the time. I'm going to have to what? Guard and watch over my heart. Why? Because that's where the peace of God is held. It's not held in my mind. I mean, I've had peace in my heart and my mind is going crazy. You know, I've got five different negative scenarios going on in my mind. But in my heart, in my real, that, that deciding part of who I am says, no, I'm trusting the Lord. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I have the peace of God in the midst of this moment. And I'm going to lean into that. And I'm going to trust in that moment. And so he says, you need to fix your thoughts on these, what is good, what is true, what is honorable. He says, think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He says, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. He says, everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. He says, then the peace of God will be with you. So in other words, Paul's kind of saying this. If you want the peace that I walk in, you're going to have to do what I do. You know, I I mean, but he says, if you'll do what I do, the peace of God will come into your heart just like it does into my life. And that's a promise from Scripture. We're not trying to attain peace. And I'll show you this here in a few. It is ours. I mean, one of the names of Jesus is he is the Prince of Peace. And this isn't like little, small, just enough to get by kind of... And we're talking about peace that goes beyond any rational thought. I mean, like where you get in these moments where you have this thought, like, I should not be this calm. That's the peace that, like, that's peace that passes all understanding. When I should be, you know, when when your mind's telling you, you should freak out. But you're like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Because there's a, a peace and a calm. Why? Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. That's how we guard our heart. Why? Because when we take anxious thoughts, what happens? Fear begins to be sown into our heart. So all of a sudden, now we have fear that is warring against the peace of God in our life. And peace is one of those areas of our life that really only we can deal with. God's already made it available to us. That's why Jesus came. So now we have to do exactly what uh, Paul says here. We have to do what he did if we're going to experience the peace that he did. Now I want to walk through verse 7 with you tonight and and just kind of um, expound upon it a little bit. Uh, You know, this is a fairly familiar passage of Scripture, but uh, tell you what, let me read this. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read it real quick out of the New King James Version. (laughs) Just because that's the more familiar one that most people are used to hearing. New King James. He says, and the well, verse, I'll just read verse 6 and 7 out of the New King James. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your 
hearts. Now think, Proverbs 4 said what? Guard your heart with all diligence, right? We have that instruction. Guard your heart with all diligence because that's the direction you're headed in your life. And yet here it says that when we pray, that peace will actually guard our hearts. And so how do we guard our hearts? First off, we've got to get a revelation of the Word of God. What God says about our circumstances, about our situation, about our future, about whatever it is that may be that the enemy is trying to uh, overwhelm us with in a moment. And we've got to get the peace of God. Why? Because that's what's going to guard our heart. I can't stop every thought from coming. But what I can do is to make sure that I am guarding my heart and not letting that um, thought set up a home. You can come, but you're going to go. You know, and here in verse 7, I just want to, uh, for a few minutes, just kind of walk through this verse. It's really got some interesting things. Uh, if you study it out and kind of look into it. You know, but here uh, in verse 7, it says that uh, the first part says, You will experience God's peace. And it says, which exceeds. Now, uh, you know, other translations, the New King James I just read, said that it passes all understanding. That word is actually a two-part word. So it has dual, you know, it's two words that they put together. It's like a combination word, combo word, which are the two words put together. The first part is this. It's, called, it, it's actually said by as hooper, H-U-P-E-R. And it means that it's way beyond measure. It's an idea of superiority. It's top-notch and it's dominant. And it's unsurpassed and unequaled. That's the first part of that word where it talks. So we're talking about the peace. And it says that this exceeds. So it goes. So it's, it's really uh, way beyond in ability, authority, dominion. The second part is echo. E-C-H-O. And it means to have or to possess or to hold and to acquire. So when you take those two words, you have Hooper, which is beyond. In other words, it's not measurable. You can't quantify you can't put it on a scale you can't say hey this is how much it just it is greater than anything else that comes up against it so that's the first part the second one means to have it so we we possess we hold so this word actually uh where it's hooper echoes is this is that it outdoes it surpasses it excels it rises above and goes beyond and over all other peace you know there is a peace of the world you know, we have the, the, the phrase, that we're in wartime and we're in peace. But how many of you know that the peace that we're talking about here is not like worldly peace at all? Amen. You know, I mean, some people go on vacation to find peace. Like, I just need to go lay around somewhere and get quiet so that I can find some peace. I got to get out of my house. These kids are driving me crazy. There's no peace to be found in my house. Well, you can go... For a walk and find a certain amount of peace. Take a couple deep breaths. Lower your blood pressure. You can find some peace. And yet here. The idea and the thought from this word is this. Is that it is far beyond any peace. That we can find in this world. It's not like a different kind of. It's a whole better kind of peace that we're talking about. It exceeds all understanding. You know, I mean, there's things that you can do to decompress and, you know, and that's all good and that's all great. But how many of you know that you can face things and it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you'll still be wore out. Because sleep ain't the problem. Peace, or let me say it this way, a lack of peace is the problem. We see that in our, in our society today. I mean, the Bible says in the last days, men's hearts would fail them for what? For fear. 
Why? Because they're seeing what's going on in the world. Literally, men would drop, men, women would drop dead because their heart would actually fail them because of fear of what's going on. They, I mean, they would be terrorized to the point that they would just no longer exist just because they're completely overwhelmed. You know, I, I remember I, I've read, and, and, you know, and I don't do this a lot, but every now and then, I, um, you know, during 2008 when the economy took tanked, how many of you remember that? Some of you were affected, some of you may not, but, you know, I mean, uh, but there were people, stock traders and people that were, that literally started jumping out of windows of, of skyscrapers because they had fortunes and they lost them in a moment. And, and the only thing they could think about, the only way to recover was just to say, I, I'm just going to check out. I'm going to hit the ejector seat and I'm, I'm out. Why? Because they had no peace. Their peace and their security were wrapped up in their stuff. It was really in their money. The problem was that was fleeting. And it was gone in a moment. And we have to be careful, even as, especially I believe as believers, to make sure that our peace and our value is in the right place. Why? Because what if you did lose something? What if for some reason you lost your home? What if, you know, I mean, and if that's where your security is, as long as God does what I want him to do, he's good. But many people live in that place. As long as I get what I want, God, we're, we're on good terms together. You know, and, and, and even in this, it gives us the idea and the thought is that, man, we can actually have peace in spite of everything else. In spite of everything else, we can have an, an overwhelming sense of peace in our life. And it's not hard to get. We do have to guard it. We have the peace of God. We have been given peace. It is ours. And just as that word says, it, it's, it's actual possession. The second part says that it's to hold on to or to possess. I have the peace of God. And you may have to declare that over, your, over yourself by faith. Say, I'm a nervous wreck. I think you need to change what you're saying. I'm not a nervous wreck. I have the peace that surpasses all understanding. It guards my heart. It guards my mind. It guards my mouth. It guards my heart. I have the peace of God. And you're like, well, that's just semantics. You're just saying, you're just, it's just a mind trick that you're playing on yourself. What does Romans 10, 17 say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I've said it before and I will say it many more times. There is no more dominant voice in your life than your own. You can come and hear me preach all day long. But when you begin to speak the word of God over your life, over your circumstances, it has even a greater effect. Why? Because you have ultimate authority in your life. And that peace, even in these areas of your life, that you know you have to watch these areas. And you possess this kind of overriding, overwhelming, dominant peace. I like that word. Dominant. Doesn't matter what circumstances come, my peace is greater than that. I have the ability to walk through anything. Why? Because I have the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. You have the very Spirit of God on the inside of you. And because He's there, that peace is available in that moment. That you can have the wisdom of God, the, the understanding of God. But it's, it's all really built on staying in that place of peace. Not getting pulled off of that, but really keeping that as a focal point.
Now here it goes on in verse 7. It says that the peace of God would exceed everything that you can understand. Now that word understand there actually means, it's referring to the mind. You know, and even in the time that this was written and to the people that it was written, they had a very different understanding probably of the mind than we do because they had an understanding of the mind and the heart a little bit different than we do because we kind of view them as the same. Uh, and they really viewed it as, as kind of multifaceted, if you will. It's a little more complex than maybe what our approach is. But they viewed the mind as this, which was um, that it included, a, it not only included just our intellect, but it also included our emotions. You know, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but anybody got over-emotional lately? You know that you can actually declare the peace of God over your life right in the midst of an emotional outburst, and it can calm you down. I mean, I can always tell when I'm getting amped up because my blood pressure starts to rise, and I can sense it. I'm like, I need to calm down. And you know what? I can. Doesn't matter how upset I am, how mad I may, I have the ability to say no. Why? Because the peace of God is in me. It's not something that I'm trying to go out and find. It's already there. You know that word I said a moment ago, it's that word dominate. That sounds really familiar to dominion. Have dominion. You know, Adam was charged with having dominion over all of the earth. You know, we're all dirt, right? That's why we say at funerals, you know, from dust we came and to dust we will return. You came from dirt and you're going to go back to dirt. And God's call to Adam, command to Adam was, you have dominion over the earth. That includes us. We can have dominion over ourselves. So that, how many of you know that your emotions is part of you? Your or my emotions are part of me. And I can actually live beyond and above my emotions. That's not necessarily easy because a lot of it's habit. You didn't make a habit in a day, you ain't going to break it in a day. But you can. You can change those things. You can, let me say it this way, you can change your default. You have the ability to change your default reactions. You can. I mean, I've done it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And here, so we have this understanding. Let me give you the definition here. When it talks about that, um, that, that peace would exceed all understanding. <clears throat> that word there is what we would also use as the word mind. But it's the ability to think, to reason, and to understand. But it's also the source of all human emotions. <clears throat> all human emotion has also come from that same place. So, in, you know, in, the, in really the context of when and who this was written to, <clears throat> when they're talking about the mind, it actually represents the place from which a person rules and controls his environment. I'm going to say that again because it's just that good. When, when he's talking about our understanding here, that word actually represents that place where a person rules and controls his own environment. I can't do, or I, let me say this, we can't control what somebody does to us. But we can control what they do in us. Amen. There's a big difference. Somebody may be offensive towards me, but that doesn't mean that I have to be offended. 
Somebody may be uh, ugly, harsh, whatever, but I don't have to take on that wound. No, I, I refuse to allow that wound to set up root in my heart. I'm not going to let bitterness grab hold of me. I'm going to let peace guard my heart in this moment because I really want to tell them a piece of my mind right now and I really want to react a certain way, but I'm going to choose to dominate my surroundings, to dominate myself and say, no, I'm going to let peace rule me in this moment. And I'm not going to respond the way I would like to. And I'm not going to say what I would like to. And I'm not going to respond to my spouse the way that I would love to in this moment. How many of you know we always treat the people closest to us the worst? Why? Because they love us and they ain't going nowhere. So we play pretty with everybody else. But we get home and unleash the beast, right? I mean, that's the way it is many times. And yet, you know what? We can live beyond that. So this word represents the place from which a person rules and controls his environment and the world around him. So I can't control everything around, but I can control what happens in me. And that's where that battle happens. That's where the war is won and lost. Well, I can't control how I respond. Sure you can. You got to get your heart in check first. You got to, that's part of guarding your heart. No, devil, I'm not going to let you get the upper hand on me again. I'm going to fight and I'm going to stand. I'm going to use the word of God. Father, I thank you that I have the peace that passes all understanding. Because right now, all my understanding wants to say this. And all of my understanding wants to, to, to respond this way. But yet, your word says that the peace on the inside of me would defy logic. Would defy reason. Because I want to keep my heart right. Because if I keep my heart right, that keeps the avenue for you to flow in my life. I'm not going to shut the door on God's working in my life. Because I'm going to allow the enemy to work in my life. No, devil, I'm going to shut the door on you. Because I want God's spirit to flow freely in my life. And I don't want to block up that flow of the life of God moving in my life. I mean, the devil's crafty. He, he, he's subtle, yes. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, open up my eyes to see. I mean, sometimes I have to tell myself, you need to calm down. Just in my own mind. This is not that big a deal. But in that moment it is. But I have to tell, but why does that matter? Because I'm guarding my heart. I mean, me and Derek, I mean, I kind of tell on us a little bit, you know, but this works for us. If we have a disagreement of sorts, I know y'all don't ever disagree with your spouse and y'all have a perfect marriage, but sometimes we see things a little differently. <laughs> me and Dara, we, we both have a, they're called strengths, but we both have this thing called belief, which means, I mean, that's my number one and that's her like number, I mean, like personality trait things, real high. So our, our disagreements are like, I mean, we're like two immovable stones. Like we ain't moving. I'm convinced that what I believe is right, and she is convinced that what she believes is right. We don't move quickly. Some people call that stubbornness. But yet that can also be a blessing. But, you know, every blessing has kind of got a negative side to it as well. But 
Okay. Dara lets me think I'm right. Is what she said. <laughs> when me and Dara argue, it's like going to a court case. It's like playing tennis. Like, phew, phew. But, you know, there's times, and we both do this. We can talk about this, but we can't talk about it right now. I need to call the time out for a minute. Because it's not worth losing my peace over. This moment is not worth losing the peace in our home. Well, we have to guard that. If we shouting and throwing and doing all kinds of dumb stuff, and guess what the first thing to go is is peace. And the devil starts winning that very moment. He's got a leg up that fast. And, and so even for us, sometimes we have to say, Hey, I'm going to step away for a minute. I mean, sometimes we even have the phrase, I've shared this before, but, you know, if one of us is just unreasonable, it's like, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. (sighs) (laughs) The worst is that when we say it to each other, it's true. Because you're being unreasonable, not because of anything I've got to say, but it's because something's not right in you. It's your heart. Something, and... I'm just, I mean, look, I just tell you, she says it to me, I say it to her. There's nothing more annoying than when you know your spouse is right and you don't want them to be. Wow. It's like, just leave me alone. Why don't you go pray for me? Leave me alone. <laughs> you go spend some time with Jesus. <laughs> of course, the other side of that is they probably have, and that's why they're like, hey, your peace, <laughs> your peace is kind of low right now, and so you need to go spend some time with Jesus. But I can tell you, there's many times that we've said that, and that was the very thing that helped us the most. Because it was recognizing what? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not fighting with her, warring with her. I'm not trying to dominate her. I mean, that violates Scripture. Or her, me. We are equal in the eyes of God. But that doesn't mean that we still don't have things that we deal with. We're normal people with normal life. We got a normal son who's almost two and is displaying that. So we face normal stuff like everybody else. Our bills come to the mailbox just like your bills do. It's amazing. They come so fast. You're like, I just paid this. How is this hard to hear again? It's amazing how that happens. But yet, I mean, you know, you ever had the thought like, man, I don't want to go check the mailbox. There's going to be a bill in there and I just don't want to see it today. That's an attack on your peace. I mean, you may have to pray, just go to the mailbox. Lord, I thank you. Whatever may be contained in this box right now, I thank you that you already know about it. I thank you that you've already made provision. That you're making a way even where there seems to be no way. I might be in the midst of a desert, but Father, I thank you that you make streams in a desert. So Father, I'm not going to be moved by what I may see in this box in just a moment. Now... I say that jokingly, but I've been there and just thought, man, I, golly, if there's another bill, if there's somebody else asking for money, if there's this, if there's that. And man, it, it, but that's, that's a fight and a war against the peace in your heart. You go check the mill and you kind of separate it out. The things you're willing to open right now and the things you're willing not to open right now. Like, I don't want to look at that. That's where this gets practical. 
before I even look at this, Father, I thank you that you are my source. God, I'm not going to allow the enemy to move my peace off of what I know in Scripture and what, my, what we as a family are believing for. No, I, I know the Word of God. I know my promises. And I'm going to stand upon them. But you've got to maintain that peace. You can't lose your peace and expect to win. It starts there. You've got to guard that heart. Why? Because that's the direction of your life. It's your heart. So just as I was sharing, is that our mind, our thoughts, even our emotions, that's the place where we rule and control our environment. You can't control everybody else. I can't control Dara. I don't want to. I've got a hard enough time trying to control myself. I don't even try to control somebody else. I have to keep myself in check. But I can determine what I do and how I react. With all the love in the world, I'll say, baby, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. I love you. You're precious. <laughs> That's what she says to me. Quit fighting against each other. I mean, you know, get into agreement. Get some peace in your home. I mean, me and Derek decided that a long time ago. We prayed it over every home that we've ever lived in. This is a house of peace. There will not be strife. We're going to live in the peace of God. Our house is a sanctuary that we come to to rest, to recover. And we guard that. I don't let people fight in my home. Y'all go outside. I mean, you ain't bringing that in here. Wow, I've created an atmosphere. We've created an atmosphere in our home. I'm not willing to forfeit it for you. I love you. But that nonsense can go out there. It's, it's a, so it's something that we pray, we believe for. I thank you that when you come to my house, people are going to sleep good. Which sometimes ain't bad. You're like, you got to get out already. Like, I just sleep so good here. Yeah, well, you need to pray over your own house. I don't know what to tell you. No, but you've got to guard those things. Going on in verse 7, it says that God's peace will guard your hearts and your minds. Now, this is similar, very similar to Proverbs chapter 4 where it says guard your heart. It's, it's, you know, obviously one was in Hebrew, one was written in Greek. But this specific word actually gives the idea and the picture of a military guard. You know, I've lived in several places in my life where we had military bases. How many of you ever driven onto a military base as a civilian? Even as a... As in, you know, someone who's enlisted, it's not easy. But when you go in as a civilian, you feel like that you've been violated more than some doctors have violated you just to try to get... It's like, man, you drive up and they start walking around with these little mirrors or looking under your car. And then, you know, and then they're like, uh, they want to see your driver's license, your blood type. You bring your birth certificate. You got social security card. You got your tax return. What you got? I'm going to need a vial of blood, some thumbprints, some eye scan. We don't know you. What are they doing? They are guarding. They're not asleep saying, well, whatever comes in, comes in. It ain't that big a deal today. I mean, it's one, you know, I always try to caution people. I'm like, look, just smile and don't say nothing. Don't say a word. 
I can't remember one time we got detained at the gate. We were trying to go to somebody's small group on Barksdale. Golly. I don't remember what we got detained for a long time. I'm like, what are we waiting for? Y'all just trying to make me nervous to see if I jump? Like, what's the deal? So, I don't know what was going on, but we had to wait, wait, wait. Why? They're guarding to make sure of what? That no problems come in. We have a perimeter that we have laid out. Problems stay on that side of the fence. And when problems come on this side of the fence, we either arrest them or shoot them. And we ask questions later. You know, I mean, I didn't get the harebrained idea. I'm just going to jump out the car and start running into Barksdale. Why? Because I realize there are armed guards. Some of them got a hair trigger. They're just waiting for somebody to be dumb. Like, just please do something stupid. See, they, they guard, they, they, and really what it is, they're controlling access. I mean, I can remember we lived in Missouri right by a big training facility. There were certain training missions that would be going on, and if you're a civilian, you will not come on base. They just told you. The base is closed. Nobody comes in. They even shut it down for a time where you couldn't get in or out. Gates were just locked down because they were doing some, I don't know what it was, some kind of training, something or another. Two or three days. Nobody comes in or out. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. Didn't matter who you are. Don't matter your credentials. They had a controlled environment. That's actually what it means here when he says that peace will guard our hearts. Peace will control your environment in your heart. The devil comes and a thought comes and Peace will step up and say, you're not authorized in here. No, that, that, that fretfulness, that anxiety. Nope, you're not welcome here. Yeah. But we're the enforcer in that. We're the, like the guard at the gate saying, yeah, you can come in. Nope, sorry. You're not coming in today. Wow, I'm going to, through peace, I'm going to guard my environment. You know, you, this, even this principle can apply even in relationship with people. You get around somebody and you just get kind of a weird feeling in your heart. You might need to pay attention to that. Your kids got friends. You get that little mama knowing down there. And it just says, mm, something ain't right about them. Mama, can I go stay at their house? Nope. <laughs> I don't know them. You're like, well, Why? Because I'm mom. Peace says no. I don't feel right about that. That's what, my, that's what my mom would say. I don't feel right about that. I'd be like, man. I always knew what that meant. There ain't no change in her mind. I mean, you say, okay, well, someone try a different avenue. That ain't happening. Pay attention to those things. I mean, it works with our thought life, but even in relationships with people. You make some in your heart. It's just like, hmm. Something ain't right. People can say things and you've got a choice. Are you going to accept what they're saying? Are you going to reject it? Peace will say, don't don't receive that. Don't take that into your heart. Don't allow that to be a seed that's sown. You better pluck that weed up now. Don't let it it sprout. Go ahead and dig it up. That's That's a bad seed. You don't want that in your heart. Peace will guard that in your life.
So you have to be careful. Like I said earlier, somebody does something that in some way is offensive towards you at any level. Let peace guard. Don't take that thought. Like, nope, devil, I'm not gonna not gonna give you that, not gonna give you that foothold. I'm not I choose to believe the best in them. I know what they said, but I'm gonna choose to believe the best in them. Now I know they shouldn't have said that, but I just believe that they didn't mean it like that. And if you actually went and asked them, they would probably say, Well, no, I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry that it came out like that, and I'm sorry that that's the way that, that it came across to you. But what happens is the devil loves us to just sit there and stew on something. Well, they said that because of this. And they said this because of that. And I know this is what they said, but this is what they meant. You ever thought that? Well, what is that? That's an attack of the enemy. He's just slithering in saying, oh, I wonder if I can get to that piece. I wonder if I can get in. I wonder if they're not going to pay attention. I wonder if they're going to be asleep at the gate and then not let me, you know, and let me slip right on by. Not realizing that we've just forfeited peace. And yet the Bible here says is that peace would guard our hearts and our mind. Peace acts like a guard to control and to monitor everything that tries to enter our hearts, our minds, and our emotions. You can get your emotions under control. I mean, emotions are godly. They're not just bad. God made us the way we are. I mean, God has emotions. I mean, the Bible even gives us instructions. Hey, you can be angry, just don't sin. You can get upset. That's not... Why? It's part of who we are. I mean, if we didn't have emotions, we'd just all be robots. I mean, my my wife makes the jokes that I'm very unemotional. But I still have them. I may not be as emotional as some people. But I am. I have moments. (laughs) But without any... Without any emotions, really, there's not a lot of uniqueness to us. But yet, it becomes a problem when my emotions begin to dominate me. When things happen, and I respond, and my emotions get worked up. And I have to, and and my peace level is something that I monitor regularly. I'm always watching. I mean, one of the things that I, that I use as a gauge, if you will, I mean, it's kind of like in your car. You know, you've got a, an, a gas gauge. Hopefully you pay attention to it. Why? Because it's going to tell you when you're getting empty. Anytime that I'm not settled in my heart, there's a problem. And I may not know what it is, but I know I need to do something. And so usually what I try to do is I set some time aside and I step back. And I'm going to pray and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. Because my gauge is off. My peace is low. And when my peace is low, I'm probably going to make some fleshly stupid decisions. Now, you may not make the connection, but trust me, there's a pretty direct connection. Why? Because if I am full of peace, I'm also full of the presence of God. And if I'm low on peace, I'm also going to be low in the presence of God in my heart. And if I'm low in the presence of God in my heart, my flesh is going to rise up. Right? Why? Because I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual 
aspect of my life. So I need peace to act as that guard at the gate. One of the things that we know from Scripture, and we see this over and over and over again, is that God doesn't create chaos and God doesn't create confusion. The devil, the enemy, is the author of confusion. He loves to stir up and get chaos. He loves it. That's his favorite time ever, is when things are chaotic. Why? Because people do dumb things in chaos. If this is my encouragement to you, if you're in the midst of chaos, don't make any big decisions. Just hold off. Why? Because it's in times of chaos where people say things like, maybe we should just get divorced. Maybe we'd be better off without one another. They don't mean that, but their emotions have gotten the best of them. And in the chaos, they say something that you can't take back. And then the other one responds equally. Maybe we should. Not because either one of them want that. But in a moment, the enemy got in. Peace was out the window. And it's chaos time. And the enemy's prowling. He's waiting, looking. Who can I get to not pay attention? I mean, if the enemy came to your house and said, Hey, got a sweet package of heartache and despair and loneliness out in the mailbox for you. It's labeled as divorce. You, you want to open that package? Most people are like, well, no. But yet, because they haven't guarded peace in their home, in their relationship with their children, and tears families apart. Why? It's because peace wasn't a priority. If you'll prioritize peace, peace brings peace. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. It's not complicated. The enemy brings chaos and confusion. Why? Because that's how he wars against the peace of our heart. Let me read verse 7 to you again. I'll read verse 6. Why not? We're already here. It says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. So if you're going to have peace, you're going to have to be a prayer. Like, well, I just don't have the gift of prayer. Well, there's no thing as the gift of prayer. There's no such thing as the gift of peace. Neither one. It says, hey, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. It says, tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Always keep in mind what God has done because that's always a predictor of what He will do. That's always important. It says, when we do that, uh, it says, then you will experience God's peace. So how do you know when you've prayed long enough you have peace? Pray till you have peace. Don't stop and you're still mad. If you're still anxious, you need to pray some more. That's how you know when you're done. And sometimes that might take five minutes. Sometimes it might take an hour. Sometimes it might take you a couple of days. You pray. Now you're like, well, how in the world are you going to pray for days? It's not just one solid, but I just I stay in a place of prayer. God, I thank you that you're helping me get my emotions under control. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. That's an honest prayer. It's okay. God, I am ticked off today. I mean, I've prayed a prayer. God, I'm mad. Don't even know why. Why am I mad? 
you know, I know that makes no sense. God, why am I on edge today? I thank you, man. I've got peace. I don't have to be frustrated and ticked off waiting to snap somebody's head off. To, you know, that's why people lose it in traffic. Yelling and screaming and cussing and like, what is wrong? Like, what's wrong with you people? Because they are that far from snapping. And they don't even realize that you're just right there on the edge. So then it's just. There's no peace. Back to verse 7. It says when we pray. It says we will experience God's peace. Which exceeds everything that we can understand. It says his peace will guard our hearts. Our minds. As we live in Christ. So keep putting it into practice. Make it, make peace a priority of your heart, of your life. See, when we let God's supernatural peace, because it is supernatural. That's what makes it exceptional. It's not just peace like the world gives. It's not peace as in, oh, I just need to, you know, have a nap. No, it's supernatural peace. It's so far beyond, it, it is heaven on earth to live in this kind of peace. When we let God's supernatural peace rise up and to dominate or to take dominion over our heart and protect our mind and our emotions, that's how we stay in that place. I'm not going to be ruled by my external. I'm going to rule from my internal, my spirit man, that life. Why? Because that's where the life of God is held for me. That's where it's held for you. And if I can learn to take dominion over my thoughts, take dominion over my emotions. I mean, look, there's times that I've had to just tell myself, this is what I believe. Not because my thoughts said that, not because my emotions said that, but because it's what God's word said. And I had to make the decision, that's my reality. My mind says something completely different. My feelings, my emotions, completely different. I mean, it goes back to the, you know, I don't know, it's not the golden rule, but it's one of them rules my mom used to quote to me when I was a kid. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Sometimes it's better to just keep your mouth shut. I ain't got nothing good to say. We can't have this conversation right now. We will, but I can't have it right now. I need to go calm down. I, I need to. I mean, you know. We all have those moments. I mean, you know, I'm in a new season of my life, so I'm learning new things. Max is going crazy. Start driving me crazy. Sitting on the couch, I'm like, man, why? I need to calm myself down. There's peace that passes all understanding. God, I'm on edge right now. Why? He don't know what he's doing. He's just acting a fool. He's too, almost too, whatever. But yet there's something in me that's just, and it's like, all right, hey, I need to take a step back for a moment. Father God, I just thank you right now in this moment that I'm going to calm down. My blood pressure is going to drop. And here's what I've learned through that. This is a total side note. If I'll calm down, he calms down. He's feeding off of me. And I get worked up and he gets worked up. And I get frustrated and he gets more amped up. If I'll just calm down. That peace gets transmitted. And it's like, hey, it's going to be okay. 
we're going to be all right. Mama's going to be home in a few minutes. <laughs> and everything going to be okay, buddy. Peace is coming, buddy, I promise. But, you know, but, I mean, that's just a practical honor. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, there's moments where it's like, whoo, boy, if you step on me one more time, like, just love you, man. He has this thing about crawling on us. He's just like, I'm a jungle gym. I'm like, golly. I'm going to go find him at, like, old used jungle gym. Like, you go outside. I guess that's why my mom used to always say that. Y'all go outside. And do what? I don't care. Go outside. <laughs> Lock the door behind you. I don't know what she did. Maybe that was for her own peace. And I just didn't know it. But you know the same is true for all of us. We all have things that are warring against that peace. The enemy's coming for it. Why? Because he knows if he can get our peace. He can change our direction. He's after your destiny. He's after God's end game for you. After God's purposes for you. It's never just this moment. And the devil wants us just to look in this moment and think that this is so big. Not realizing he doesn't care about that moment. He's trying to get where God's taking us. That's why it matters. And so if we'll guard our heart. We'll, we'll uh, you know use peace as that that that. Uh, officer to guard our thoughts to guard our, our emotions to cause us to kind of pull back even when we think we can't peace says you can because you have it and it's in you and the ability of God is on the inside of you to live in that place of peace but you've got to take authority you've got to take that dominion in your thoughts in your heart over your emotions and say I'm going to be who God's called me to be and it is possible to do it